You're listening to the Van Moody Podcast. Our passion is transforming the world by transforming lives. In today's episode, we'll explore how God has shown us incredible forgiveness and how he expects us to turn around and forgive others in return. Throughout the ministry of Jesus, even during his final and agonizing moment on the cross, Jesus forgave. You remember it was just a few days earlier that they took uh, and waved and laid palm branches from a tree yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna. And now they took uh, possibly the tree they took the palm branches from, cut it down, made a cross, uh, and now they're yelling, crucify him. They took him, they hung him high, they stretched him wide, they dropped him low, they nailed his hands because maybe they thought if they nailed his hands, they would stop healing from occurring. They nailed his feet perhaps because they thought that if they nailed his feet, they could stop the gospel from traveling. And while he hung there in between, in betwixt uh, time and, and eternity, while he hung there in between and in betwixt earth and heaven, uh, the Bible says that he could have called legions of angels to come and get him down off the cross. And yet, even in the midst of that, the story tells us that he stayed right there. I thought at least 19 of y'all would have got excited that even though Jesus had the ability and the authority to get down off the cross, that in that moment he was not thinking of himself. He was thinking about you and me. I thought y'all would have got excited about that. That when Jesus, amen, could have come down off the cross, the Bible says that he could have called legions of angels, but in Instead of doing that, the Bible says that he stayed right there. And can I tell y'all, the first official shout of the morning is that not only did he stay there, but while he stayed there, he was thinking down 2,018 years. Somebody ought to get excited in here. That he was thinking that 2,018 years from now in Bessemer, Alabama at the Worship Center Christian Church, there are going to be people there who will be in need of forgiveness. And if I come down now, they're going to lose their mind. If I come down now, they'll throw in the towel. So I'm going to stay right here so that, 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 that even though they can take or even though I lay down my life, I'm going to stay here so that they will have have life. So the Bible says that he he stayed right there and while he was on the cross I got excited because the words that came from his mouth if you know anything about the last seven words of Jesus you ought to get excited that the first word had nothing to do with him. The first word had nothing to do with what was happening around him but the first word he said father forgive them. Even then, he was, he was thinking about us, but then you ought to get further excited that not only did the first word ask the, for, for, for the Father to forgive us, but wait, because the next word was the action of the first word. Because the next word, the Bible says that while he was there, you saw it played out in the presentation that one of the thieves looked at him and said, listen, if you are the Son of Man, then you ought to take yourself down. But I like that other thief who said, 
said, listen, I ain't going to tell you to take yourself down. I ain't worried about that. I understand that what I did, I deserve to be here. Anybody, amen, want to be honest with yourself and say that you deserve something? But the good news is that you did like that man did. He said, but Jesus, listen, even though I understand that what I did, I deserve death. I understand that you are the God of second and third and fourth and 19th and 25th. Anybody like me? And 97th and 100 chances. And so what the Bible says is that he looked at Jesus and Jesus looked at him in his agonizing pain and said today, oh, I got excited right there. Today, he said, listen, you ain't got to wait. You heard past said he didn't go to grow track. He didn't go to Bible study. He didn't go, amen, to, to camp meeting. But he said, listen, because I had an encounter with Jesus, Jesus said instantly, anybody know him to be an instant? Let me take my seat. Listen, he said, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So even the encounter between Jesus, as we see here in John 21, is an encounter about forgiveness. All of this remains at the front and the center of our faith because God wants us to really see clearly and understand that forgiveness is the heart of the gospel. The good news of Jesus Christ, one of the biggest reasons we celebrate a risen Savior is really forgiveness. But this forgiveness, you understand, comes with an obligation. God expects forgiven people to forgive. That's why the word is called forgive. It's not called for keep. Uh-huh, y'all will catch that later. Forgiveness is for you to keep. Uh-huh, y'all got it. Many people are wearing these shirts and you're looking beautiful in your forgiven shirts. That's really the message of Resurrection Sunday. But, but you cannot spell or even appreciate the reality that we have been forgiven without also understanding that we too must forgive. That's why Ephesians 4 and 32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. You see, Jesus is our model. One core element of how Jesus forgave is this. Jesus, get this, never let the offense determine whether or not he would forgive someone. Did y'all catch that? He was able to separate the person from the sin. He was much more concerned about the person than he was about their actions. It's been said that Jesus loves the sinner, but he hates sin. We, however, tend to focus on the actions, and, and, and if we're honest, we tend to rank offenses uh, and determine whether or not we will forgive. We say, I could never forgive him or her for that, or she's gone too far now. We, 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 what she did is, is unforgivable, but that's not how Jesus forgives person and their freedom 
is much more important than the offense is to him. And so in order to forgive, in order to fulfill this obligation, real quickly, we must understand two things. The first thing is, you must understand that Jesus pre-forgave. Everybody say pre-forgave. See, understand that anytime you put pre-something, pre-in front of something, it alludes to the fact that it's something that you've done before or in front of. Y'all with me? See, to pre-forgive would suggest that you're not waiting on the offense. But you are already making up in your mind that whatever the offense is, my heart is a forgiving heart. Okay, I ain't get many amens right there. Okay, okay. So watch it. Forgiveness is a decision. Don't get it twisted. You can decide, yeah, whether or not you want to forgive. It is not a process or a feeling. Mm, real quiet. When we view forgiveness uh, as a process, we link it to the offense. When we link forgiveness to the offense, we place ourselves in the position of having to rank offenses, which requires our focus to remain on the offense. However, when we view forgiveness as a decision, we move the focus off the offense to forgive the offender. Mm, okay, 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 okay. When we lose, when we move our focus off the offense to forgive the offender, it loses its power over us. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, 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 Jesus forgave ahead of time. He chose to pre-forgive. Jesus forgave us before we sinned against him. He didn't wait until we repented or even until we committed a sin, but he chose to forgive us even before we were born. How do you know that? I'm so glad you asked. Look at Ephesians. Look at what it says. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ, for he chose us. Hang on. See, see, see y'all don't know when to shout. Amen. Look at what it says. It says he chose us. Y'all still don't know. Where, maybe the balcony will get it. It says he chose us. Hang on. He knew you was nasty. He knew you were dirty. He knew you were messed up from the flow up. He knew that you was going to lose you. He knew you didn't have it all together. He knew, amen, he knew you had some ugly ways and some bad attitudes. And yet in the midst of that, somebody ought to get excited that he chose. Come on, I got to go. He, he, he chose us. In him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have glory to God, redemption. How? Through his blood. For 
have the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him, here we go again, we are chosen having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will in order that we who were the first to be put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation when you believed you were marked in him with a seal thank you God the promise of the Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing, I like that word, our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. So when did God choose to forgive us? He chose to forgive us before the foundations of the world. Before the world was created, before time was time, before the beginning was the beginning, before anything was, <laughs> he chose to forgive us. God knew we would sin and he still made the decision to forgive us and to make us holy and blameless. He predetermined that he wanted to adopt us simply out of the kind intentions of his will. It was his intention. Don't, 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 don't miss that. It was his intention to bring us into a relationship with him, not ours. It was his idea, not a response to a decision of ours. He made the decision long before we were capable of making the request. So God, before the foundation of the world, before he created anything, knew that you and I, he, he knew what we were going to do. He knew every sin we would ever commit and everything we'd ever do to violate his holiness. He knew all about it. And even though he knew everything ahead of time, he declared, I choose to pay for that. I will redeem it. I will forgive it. I will actively work and do whatever it takes and whatever possible to restore them back to myself. God's choice was made way ahead of time. His love is greater than any hatred for our sin. And so watch this. The model of forgiveness Jesus left for us to follow involves the mindset of pre-forgiveness. He, he made the decision to forgive us long before we admitted we needed it. He knew what we were going to do. Judas, go and do what you need to do. Later, you remember in the garden, uh, he said, friend, do what you've come to do. In other words, he already knew it. Look, Ephesians 2, 4 through 5, it says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even 
even when we were dead in transgression, it is by grace you have been saved. Somebody ought to get excited about that. You, you see, death refers to separation from God and life refers to connection with God. And so God's choice to offer forgiveness was made while we were separated from him. Look at Ephesians. Pick it up at verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him, hang on, in heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the, inca uh, the, the, the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is, somebody ought to get excited, the gift of God, not by works. In other words, there's nothing you can do, amen, that's going to make you so holy in order for God to forgive you. That means that on the reverse side, there's nothing that you can do that is so bad. Somebody ought to get excited that'll make God stop loving you. I'm not trying to call out your story, but there's some of you in here, you know that if we talked about your story, you know you would be embarrassed. You would almost want to leave. Amen. Okay, maybe I'm just talking about me. Amen. But some of y'all know, amen, that you ain't been saved all your life. I know you can shout and dance today, but some of y'all, y'all know, amen, if we were to call the roll or to look at some skeletons in the closet. Y'all sit down, sit down, sit down. Watch this. Not by works so that no one can boast for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I got to move quickly. Look at this. The point of this is that we should live with an attitude that forgives everything that anyone does to us. Even if it does not feel good. And so watch this, point number two. Jesus purposely chose to pay our debt. Catch this. Jesus pre-forgave. He made a decision before time was time, the beginning was the beginning, to forgive us. And then he chose to pay our debt. See, you remember when, 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 when Adam and Eve decided to turn away from God in, in the Garden of, of, of Eden, when, when, when sin entered man, what, what does that mean? Consider this. See, see word had gotten back uh, to Satan and, and, and to the enemy that, that, that man was who God loved the most. But Satan realized that sin was what God hated the most. And so what Satan did was that he took, uh, God, he, he took what God hated the most and he put it in side of who God loved the most so that every time God held who he loved he had to also embrace what he hated. I wish y'all would pray with me. And if he killed what he hated, he would also destroy who he loved. So Jesus said, I refuse to lose who I love just because it's infiltrated with what I hate. So I'm going to redeem and diffuse what I hate that I might embrace who I love. And to do this I'm going to pay a debt that I don't owe because they owe a debt that they can't pay. 
Okay, okay. So God's justice demanded payment for the debt. God's love and mercy called for reconciliation. But how could an irrevocable debt be resolved? How could the unforgivable debt be forgiven? And the whole of the Bible points to how the issue was resolved. Hang on, catch this. When Adam and Eve sinned, all we know is that an animal had to die. When Abraham took Isaac to the top of the mountain to sacrifice him, we find out that the animal is a lamb. You all understand that, amen, there was a ram in the bush and a ram is just a lamb. I need y'all to go with me. I'm going somewhere. When God brings the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, one night of the Passover, we are on the night of the Passover, we find out that the lamb had to be spotless and without blemish. I need y'all to pray with me on this. And when Isaiah begins to minister prophetically, we find out that the works that the lamb is going to do he is going to be wounded for our transgressions but we don't know who the lamb is until Jesus comes walking to the Jordan River to be baptized you remember John the Baptist looked up and he said behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world and so the, before the foundations of the world God knew that man would sin he also knew that there would be nothing that they could do in order to settle their debt. So Jesus stepped up and said, Daddy, send me down. He said, listen, I'll pay for the sin. And so the Bible says that Jesus peeled off the divinity and he stepped down into humanity. And the fact, amen, that he came, he came for the purpose of saying, since there's nobody here and since there's no lamb, that's great enough to do what I can do. Send me, Daddy. I'll go down. I'll redeem them. I'll forgive them. I'll love them. I'll embrace them. I'll love them. I'll bring them back to you. I'll let them know that no matter what they've done, no matter what they've been through, no matter what they found themselves, I'm gonna die for them so that they will know that not tomorrow, but right now, you are forgiven. So watch this. Watch this. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. I got I gotta I gotta rush on. Hebrews chapter 10. It says, then he said, Here I am. I've come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second, and by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifice, which can never take away sins. But hang on, when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sin, he sat down at the right hand of God, and since that time, he waits for, uh, for his enemies to be made his footstools for by one sacrifice he has made perfect I like this word forever those who are being made holy Christ's sacrifice was a one-time payment 
that was full and complete. Everything was paid at the cross. The old church used to sing a song, Jesus paid it all, all to him. <laughs> I owe. Sin left the crimson stain. Hang on, but I like it. It says, but. Now, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. And then my English majors understand that any time you see the word but in a sentence, whatever it was before is going to change after the but. But he washed. Oh, I thought I had some wash people in here. This resurrection Sunday morning, but he washed me white as snow. Listen, I got, I got, I got to close, but, but everything that, that we've shown you today, everything that we're doing, everything that the gospel points to, it points to forgiveness. We understand that it points to the fact that you and I have been forgiven. We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Van Moody. For more information about Van Moody Ministries, please visit vanmoody.org. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed week.